And now, for your feature presentation. One, or two, or three, or four, but five, What's up, listeners? Welcome to the Force 5 Podcast, a show where I force my guests to come up with a movie-themed top five list, and then we reveal our picks on air. I'm your host, ex-video store clerk, undiscovered screenwriter, and fellow list nerd, Jason Kleberg. It's no secret that I love physical media. There's something about holding the product in your hand, exploring the special features, and I enjoy the process of finding a film to watch and putting it into the physical player. See, I come from the video store days, and that's just always been a part of the joy in watching a movie for me. The slipcovers, the inserts, they're all part of an art form that is largely dying. When you walk into a Best Buy or a Target these days, the physical media space has been shrunk down so much that I wouldn't be surprised if physical media disappeared at some point completely from big box retailers. A thought that honestly makes me really sad. So get your wallets ready, because Ryan from Disconnected joined me to talk about our favorite releases of 2022. And if you want to see the releases that we're talking about, I'm also going to put that section on YouTube. So you can go to YouTube. We did a video for that. um, And so you can see the boxes and the steel books and stuff that we're talking about. Now, last week's topic was conspiracy films with Chris from Get Me Another. And I think we both had really strong lists. But of course, with a topic as deep as this, there wasn't room for everything. So I went to the Internet to find out what we missed. Not in the top five. Did they get it right? Excuse my language. Okay. Hell no. <laughs> I can't believe. Who, who made that list? Who made that? That's blasphemous. Don't look at me. That's blasphemous. All right. Forever Wow said Eyes Wide Shut, which I did not think of as a conspiracy movie. All right. Think Revolution 9019 said both The Pelican Brief and Chain Reaction, the Keanu Reeves movie. That movie is kind of a disaster. Laura Palmer's Mom 430 said Under the Silver Lake. Fred Mole 1973, Michael Clayton. I am AK93 says Three Days of the Condor. Watch it every year at Christmas time. Parallax View is a good companion piece. I Love Lucy Gal said Spotlight. And Pug Thomas, of course, said Mel Gibson's movie, The Aptly Named Conspiracy Theory, with Captain Picard in a bad guy role. Sweet flick. If you want to get in on the action, let me know on social media, at Force5Pod on Twitter, for as long as it still exists, I guess, at Force5Podcast on Instagram and on the Cinematics Facebook page. I also do uh, periodically post on Reddit, so let me know what we missed. All right, since I last talked to you, I got a chance to be within arm's reach of some of our greatest filmmakers of all time. First up, uh, Force 5 producer Moose and I went to go see Quentin Tarantino live in San Francisco as part of his book tour, and the show the show was okay. He was entertaining, as he always is, and his passion for movies always comes through when he speaks. The moderator, however, wasn't great. We like didn't even know the moderator's full name until after the show and didn't know what she did until we googled her because she came out on stage she didn't introduce herself i don't know if she was nervous or what but her questions just were not that good in terms of drawing out interesting conversation and there seemed to be some miscommunication between her and the venue which felt a little bit frustrating um and aside from one dick in the crowd everybody was cool there's one asshole in the crowd who just like wanted to scream stuff out all the time luckily he left early 
And it was entertaining seeing Quentin Tarantino read a chapter from the book. He read the full first chapter of the book, which took a long time. But again, it's Tarantino, so it was totally worth it. I also got a chance to see a very early preview of a Pixar film that comes out next summer called Elemental. And I sat literally three seats from Pete Docter and John Laster, the brains behind films like Up and Toy Story. Pete Docter was producing this. Um, and when I say early preview, I mean it. Like temp music tracks, temp score. Some scenes were literally storyboards, unfinished animation, unfinished effects, and a low-res file. But the movie was a really fun experience. And I'm super excited to see this when it's done. I can't say much else about it because I'm under an NDA, but I will say I loved it. And it has the potential to be top tier Pixar. So I'm really excited for people to see that. I think Elemental comes out in June. Okay, on to my review today. One of the benefits of joining the Patreon listeners is that you'll be asked at some point to assign me a film to review. And this week, it was one of the show's executive producers, Pete Abeta, who came to the table. He is from the middle class film class. Pete, tell them why you assigned me 1984's Streets of Fire. Hey there, listeners, and Kleberg too. When I found out I got to assign Jason a movie to review on the show, I was really hoping that uh, Walter Hill's Streets of Fire was a movie that Jason had somehow missed over the years. And lucky me, it was. So Walter Hill's credits are about as eclectic as they are long. Uh, from writing classics like The Warriors, 48 Hours, Aliens, and Alien 3, to directing many of those same projects before moving into westerns in the early 2000s. But Streets of Fire is its the first movie I think of when I think of Walter Hill. And I dare anyone who hasn't seen the movie to watch the opening 10 minutes and try to turn it off. It's, it's just not going to happen. Uh, the movie lives somewhere in between Greece, Little Shop of Horrors, To Live and Die in L.A., and a little of the Miami connection. But in my humble opinion, it's much more fun than all of them. Okay, Little Shop of Horrors is pretty damn fun, but I digress. Uh, Diane Lane has never been more of a fox, and the same goes for Willem Dafoe. So I hope you like it, Jason, and keep up the great work on the pod. Love the show. I have always loved the poster for Streets of Fire and had previously thought about watching it, but for some reason just never pulled the trigger. I don't know anything about it, in fact. The one thing I thought I knew about it turned out to be incorrect, in that I always thought that it was a musical. Now, if I had realized that Walter Hill, director of such classics as The Warriors, The Driver, 48 Hours, wrote and directed this, I probably would have watched it sooner. Walter Hill's inspiration for 1984's Streets of Fire came out of his desire to make what he thought was a perfect film when he was a teenager and put all of the things in that he thought were, quote, great then and which I still have great affection for. Custom cars, kissing in the rain, neon, trains in the night, high-speed pursuits, rumbles, rock stars, motorcycles, jokes in tough situations, leather jackets, and questions of honor, end quote. He and his frequent collaborator, Larry Gross, used these elements to craft a self-proclaimed rock and roll fable that exists in three distinct subgenres, a rescue mission, a Judgment Night-style make-your-way-through-a-dangerous-city getaway, and finally, a final showdown that felt like the climax of Three O'Clock High or almost any classic meet-me-in-the-town-square-for-a-dual-western. At its heart, this film is a western, one that swaps the hot desert sun for neon and horses for Studebakers. It's Walter Hill's take on John Ford's 1956 film, The Searchers. The story sees a veteran named Tom Cody who comes back to his hometown at the request of his older sister. The town has gone to shit, being run into the ground by a biker gang known as the Bombers. At the start of the film, they ride into town and they kidnap the singer of a popular pop band called Ellen Aim and the Attackers. 
Tom, who used to date Ellen, accepts a contract from her current boyfriend and manager to get her back. To do this, Tom also brings along McCoy, a soldier who he met at a bar to add extra firepower to the gang. The leader of the bombers, Raven, takes exception to Tom's presence in town, leading to an inevitable showdown that would certainly give Thor a boner. The film takes place in a world that mashes the 50s with the 80s, greaser bikes, and neon-lit power pop for a truly unique and alien setting. Hill got a stacked cast for the film. Michael Paré, who's probably best known for his role as Eddie in 1983's Eddie and the Cruisers, plays Tom. He sounds like he's doing his best Sylvester Stallone impression and is the blandest part of the film. He does, however, know what he's doing with a rifle. Diane Lane, who I've had a crush on since 2005's Unfaithful, plays the singer Ellen Aim. She's not given a whole lot to do in the film, but I enjoyed her presence. She looked amazing and really confident playing the part of a rock star who owned the stage. Rick Moranis, dressed like a ventriloquist dummy, plays her boyfriend and manager in a supremely douchey role that's about as far removed from his wholesome persona as it gets. The unmistakable Amy Madigan plays Tom's sidekick, a wisecracking firecracker who always seems to have a quick line for any situation, even if that quick line doesn't exactly make sense. Willem Dafoe chews the screen as the main villain, and he looks fantastic dressed in both head-to-toe leather and some kind of weird vinyl overall jumpsuit thing with no shirt underneath. Other notable supporting cast members include Bill Paxton playing a 50s version of his character who would get mopped up by the Terminator later that same year, McKelty Williamson in a blink-and-you'll-miss-it cameo as part of an African-American music group, Ed Begley Jr., or as I like to refer to him, Arrested Development's Stan Sitwell popping out of the dark for a two-minute cameo, and the voice of Tommy Pickles in a small role as Ellen's friend. Cutting to the chase here, I didn't like Streets of Fire, but I admire the balls to make a film like this. It took a big swing and tried to do something different, but with all of the neon, the music, which I'll get into in a second, and the interesting characters, including biker gangs reminiscent of those that populated Coney Island and Hills the Warriors just five years prior, the movie still felt kind of bland. The world the film is set in, one completely detached from reality, felt like it had so much potential, but never actually felt lived in to me. The promise of Chicago by way of Gotham City before any of the Bruce Wayne rogues gallery moved in was, unfortunately, unrealized. This film was created right as MTV was cresting, a year in which television and music would change forever, and Streets of Fire doesn't seem to catch that lightning in a bottle. In fact, it's decidedly unsexy, which it could have reveled in for some extra zing. The thing I really did love about this film was the music. I've seen some reviews refer to this film as a rock opera, and I'm not buying that, but the music we get is amazing. Rye Cooter, a frequent Hill collaborator, did the score, and most of the rock and roll songs straight up rip. The opening number, Nowhere Fast, is a clear standout, and I instantly recognize Tonight is What It Means to Be Young from its sample in the game's 2011 song, The City. When the film was over, I quickly added a few tracks to my Apple Music account. Hill's postmodern cinematic stew was a big, expensive swing that ultimately didn't work for me. It also didn't seem to work for many others in 1984, as the film was considered a box office bomb and critics were unkind. Janet Maslin of the New York Times wrote, quote, Part of the trouble lies within the screenplay by Mr. Hill and Larry Gross. Even if you don't mind its misogyny, listen, skirt, let me make it simple for you. Take a hike. The whole thing is problematically crude. End quote. While the weak script and negative reviews could have been responsible for its financial hardship, the fact that it came out during the beginning of a summer filled with fantastic four-corner films definitely didn't help. 
the week of its release, it had Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, Star Trek Three, Sixteen Candles, Footloose, Splash, Firestarter, and this is Spinal Tap to deal with. And then just one week later, Ghostbusters and Gremlins hits theaters on the same fucking day, and two weeks later it was out of theaters when the Karate Kid rolled into town. This movie felt doomed from the start. While I'm not confident in recommending Streets of Fire as a knockout hit, I do feel comfortable recommending it to people who want to see Walter Hill at his most experimental, because clearly the tanking of this film curbed that big swing style going forward. The film admirably tries to do something different. Perhaps with a stronger pen game and a more lived-in world, Streets of Fire could have been something truly magical. As it is, the film starts with a dynamite scene that the rest of the flick just can't live up to. If you want to assign me a film, join the Patreon. Go to patreon.com backslash force5 to join the paying listeners for bonus shows and more. And uh, you can even shop there. Speaking of shopping, it's Black Friday week, and that means that Christmas is almost here. This year, there's no better place to shop than the Starcourt Mall. Whether you're shopping at Gottschalk's for Corduroys, Circuit City for the latest and greatest VCR, or Camelot Music for the new releases by Aldous Snow or Sex bob Starcourt Mall has it all. Make sure to stop by the food court and grab a slice of Surfer Boy pizza on your way out. And for the week of Thanksgiving, the Force 5 podcast will have a pop-up shop selling all of the podcasts you know and love on cassette tapes so you can listen on your way home. I forgot to mention one of Starcourt Mall's staples, Mervyn's. What do they have going on this weekend? This close to Christmas, I was beginning to run short on time, but Mervyn's had gifts for all the men on my list. This week, there's a sale on campus Latigra knit shirts. Little boys' Latigra shirts are only $7.99. Big boys, just $9.99. And it's the shirt all the boys are wearing. Latigra knits for big guys are just $12.99. I got his favorite colors and saved $5 on each. I found perfect gifts for the guys at great prices at Mervyn's, your Christmas value store. Welcome back to the Force 5 Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Ryan from Disconnected, a YouTube channel and podcast dedicated to a subject that's close to my heart, physical media. Ryan, how are you? Doing fantastic. Uh, physical media is basically my veins, and I'm glad that it's something you wanted to talk about with me. I couldn't pick a better person to get on the show for physical media. I mean, you can tell if, if you're watching this on video... If you're watching this on YouTube, he's got just shelves of physical media behind you. Um, let's talk about Disconnected real quick. So YouTube channel, podcast, um, for those who have not yet subscribed, and please subscribe after you listen to this, what do people have to look forward to on your show? Uh, too much, basically. <laughs> uh, <laughs> mostly I'm known for every Thursday night, I do a live show going over all of the boutique Blu-ray announcements for the entire week. And with how many labels we have nowadays, this can be as long as a four-hour live show, sometimes even longer. I've seen that. I've seen that. It has been intense lately. Uh, and this is the busy time of year, so it's been even worse. But on top of that, I try to interview as many industry professionals as I can, people involved with Blu-ray labels or uh, even filmmaking. Recently, I got to sit down with Sean Baker, and the director, and have a conversation with him and just discuss how much he loves physical media. And that's not a side that a lot of people really get to talk to him about. So it was nice to be able to have that unique aspect. You're talking Red Rocket, Sean Baker? Red Rocket and Takeout just recently came out in the Criterion Collection. Yeah. Look at you. Just getting all these guests that uh, none of us other uh, lower tier <laughs> podcasters can, can get access to. That's awesome. I, um, yeah, it's been wild. 
Yeah, so if you want to, if you're into physical media like me, there's no better place to get all that info than on Ryan's show, Disconnected. Um, I guess I want to pry into some of your interest in physical media first. Like, where did your interest in physical media come from? Uh, when I was younger, my my dad had a big vinyl collection, had a big cassette tape collection, of course. And then when I was coming of age, it was time to have a giant CD collection. And I was one of those mm. idiots that rode around to high school every day with one of those binders that fit like 465 discs in it. And I would uh, every probably 30 to 45 days switch out the ones that I was getting tired of and put in new ones because I listened to them so much. And ever since then, I just wanted to be able to hold everything to actually be able to experience every single thing that I was doing and streaming just doesn't do that for me. Not to mention it's kind of an undisputed fact that it's lower quality. So if I want the best of the best, I got to have it in hand. Yeah. That's there. There's no contest. Physical disc is always going to beat it out in video and audio and special features, which you don't really get with streaming. It's interesting because like I was the same way with CDs back in the day and I've had no problem switching to streaming when it comes to music. But when it comes to movies, I'm still hanging on to this, this, just the physical package, putting the disc in. It's a process that I like doing. Well, for me, at least with CDs, it was a bigger deal to have them back in the day because they would put hidden tracks on there sometimes. It was the only way to get some of these exclusive songs that doesn't really happen anymore. Now it's, uh, Something will be like a Spotify exclusive or an Apple Music exclusive. But other than that, I'm not getting anything different if I buy the physical release. So there's less of an incentive to do that. With these discs, there's audio commentaries. There's making of documentaries. There's contextual historical interviews. There are booklets with uh, some of these. uh, For example, there's a company called Second Sight. They put out Ryan Gosling's Drive this year. And that thing... It came with two full books, and that's not something that I can get from streaming, obviously. And I I actually read and experience those when I buy them. So all the more reason for me to do it. That's awesome. How many do you have now? Like, I'm sure you're keeping kind of account (laughs) on some type of logging app. Uh, yes, I have an app to make sure that I don't buy duplicates and then I still buy duplicates somehow. Um, I think, uh, last count, it was just over 7,000 ish. And yeah, that was a while ago. It's probably closer to 7,500 or 7,800 ish nowadays. Dwarfs my collection. (laughs) I think I have like 2000 and yeah. Wow. Um, that's quite a collection. What uh, app do you use to keep track of them? The Blu-ray.com app is, in my opinion, the best way to go because it's got everything from around the world, and I import a lot of stuff. I've got releases from uh, Australia, Brazil, France, uh, the UK. I've got a lot of Asian stuff, and there's not very many apps other than that one that really do their best to encompass everything. Okay, awesome. Uh, I use My Movies Pro, and it's the, the same thing, like, I have two copies of Speed on my shelf right now because I <laughs> found a cheap Blu-ray copy and I didn't check to make sure that I already bought the 4K version. So now I have a Blu-ray copy on my shelf that I can't get rid of. <laughs> yeah, that's when you gift it to a friend and say, oops. Yeah, new podcast giveaway. A used version of Speed <laughs> that I got from Rasputin Records. <laughs> Here we go. Now, speaking of physical media, we've got kind of a cool announcement that um, that you wanted to share here. What's coming up with physical media in your life and kind of in my life? (laughs) So me and another podcast that is called Chasing Labels are joining forces 
to put on what we are calling the Shelf Shock Rewind 2022 Physical Media Award Show. This is going to be a basically like an Oscar-style award show for the entire year of 2022. We're going to be holding the award show February 19th of 2023, which seems super far in the distance to be talking about right now. However, we are gearing up for the end of the year, which means it's time to get ready to vote. Voting is going to be open on this between December 15th and January 15th. That way you can get all of those late discs that come in at the end of the year, really dive into them, and then get your votes in before the period is over. And we're going to tab those up. And the cool thing is just like the Oscars, we have our own little academy. And the academy is going to be here to uh, create nominations for people, look at what they think are the best discs for, uh, I believe we're at 25 categories. And after they look at all these categories, uh, they're going to pick some. And then general public, they're going to be able to vote on those, but also have a write-in option just in case they have some wild hair that they think is uh, you know, deserving to be on the list. And then on each category, we're going to have a creator selection committee winner and a community winner. That way you can see just the difference of the people that are involved in the community, what they think are the best, and then what the whole community, what they as a whole think is the best. And I'm super excited for it. And voting will be pretty much everywhere. This is going to be hitting social media pretty damn hard. So around December 15th, keep an eye out because it will be everywhere. I'm excited for this. I am part of that selection committee. So I'm looking forward to, to you know, sifting through all of my discs that came in this year and picking some of those best selections of 2022. There's it's a lot be really to pick exciting. from. I know. I know. There are uh, There are a lot to pick from. And speaking of, we're going to give you each five of our best discs of 2022 here on this show today. And um, again, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, you're listening to this on Spotify like you normally do, I'll also urge you to watch on YouTube because this is one of those rare instances where I'm doing video because we've got some beautiful discs with beautiful packaging, I'm sure. And it's a shame to just hear the audio. So, um, you know, if you can jump over to the YouTube, check this out. Ryan from Disconnected, you ready to get to our top five list? Not only am I ready, I am excited. I am excited as well. Why don't you kick us off here with number five on your best Blu-ray releases of 2022? Well, now that everybody has made the leap to YouTube to watch this, I will say this one is still up in my player in the living room right now, so I don't have this one on hand. But number five is a studio catalog release, which is pretty rare for me to think these are amazing I'm choosing the Fright Night 4K disc because this movie looks incredible on 4K. Not to mention the special features on this are astounding. They have uh, basically like two-thirds of a documentary on this that was on a previous release of this film as well. And it includes everything that's relevant to this story. But uh, either way, just the presentation of this movie alone would have made it worth it because this movie has never looked this good. I I hesitate to even say that in theaters it ever looked as good as it does on this disc. This this movie has not been seen enough in recent years because it went a little uh, underseen on Blu-ray because it hasn't had a super wide release for quite some time in the States. And I'm, I'm hoping that people will take this 4K release, dive in and really start to appreciate this one again because this movie's amazing. Well, it seems like we have similar taste. Because here's Fright Night, the Steelbook here, as my number five as well. Um, do you have the, the Steelbook version or the regular version? Had to. I'm a Steelbook person through and through. As am I. You can see, like, the, the artwork on this thing is beautiful. Uh, 
you can you can see like there's no lettering at all on here it's literally just photo realistic stuff from the movie kind of the poster without the font like you said it's never looked better the special feature list is i'm just going to read some of this stuff it's a four or a, a three disc set so you get the movie on yes. 4k and then you have the movie on blu-ray with a couple of special features and then a full special feature disc um and actually reading this j card there's even more there are even more features on the discs than are listed on the card, <laughs> but you've got uh, two different audio commentaries. You've got an audio commentary with like the good guys in the film and then an audio commentary with the bad guys in the film, which is really cool. Um, there's a um, script read, a live script read. This is a two and a half hour live script read that they did for the 35th anniversary. That's included on here. Amazing. Um, and on here, it's just like, it's it says round table like it doesn't even <laughs> hype up how cool that is two and a half hours long right um you've got deleted scene storyboards you've got uh a, talking about the novelization um there's the the queer lens brian fuller in conversation with amanda bierce there's just so much stuff on here and we were talking about it on your show if you haven't seen me on disconnected go check it out uh, we were talking about how this film has probably never looked better even back when it was in theaters because the theaters it was showing at in 1985 probably weren't top of the line. And this is like a new 4K right. remaster that's just, it looks beautiful. Truly does. And one, again, that a lot of people have never seen just because it was so hard to see. I, you can see my that. four disc, my 4K disc was also in my player because I, <laughs> I just watched it. Uh, or actually, Very no, that's nice. the, the Blu-ray copy because I was looking at uh, all the special features. Which but, there's so many on that disc. Yeah, just a, a really great looking package. Fright Night, the Steelbook, I don't think you're going to be able to find now if you're looking for that Steelbook and, and you don't have it. But the regular 4K disc is out. And if you go through... Um, I mean, shit, there's probably going to be some type of sales for Black Friday here. This oh, show's yeah. dropping the week of Black Friday, so you got to go and, and check out the Fright Night 4K remaster. It's brilliant. Yeah, it'll be everywhere, I'm sure. All right, number four for you. Uh, number four for me. So I love boutique labels. Obviously, I've said that word probably three or four times already on here. And I had to limit myself because there are any of these labels, I could have basically chosen a top five just for that label and been happy with it. So yeah. I said, damn it, I'm going to spread the love. I'm going to choose only one from every label, which made it very difficult for me. And uh, I had to give some love to Criterion this year because they, uh, they've been kind of down on, uh, on my list in recent years. They, they've faltered a little bit in their packaging. They were lagging behind on their 4K releases. And now they've caught up uh, a little bit on those and really been putting out some interesting things this year, including this classic film, Arsenic and Old Lace. This Blu-ray release looks remarkable. This is a new 4K restoration. It's got an audio commentary with Charles Dennis, who wrote There's a Body in the Window Seat. Uh, it's a, a history of arsenic and old lace. Then the big thing for me, there's a radio adaptation of this with Boris Karloff. And this is just a remarkably great release. It's got a nice booklet on the inside, which I am an absolute sucker for. Yep. And just a movie that has been criminally underseen because the old SD versions of this looked God awful. And now this movie looks like it was made 10 years ago. It looks so damn good. So as this as this uh, is airing, I'm pretty sure Barnes and Noble is still doing Correct. their 50 percent off sales. So if you're interested in Criterion stuff, 
the 28th. So yeah, as the series, you got one week left. Jump on Criterion's sale. I mean, 50% off, you're going to get this thing at 20 bucks. 20 I mean, bucks, that's it. Yeah. Awesome disc. I have not seen that one yet, and I need to. Criterion's one of those labels where, for my sensibilities, like they don't put out a whole lot where it's like, oh, I got to have that. Yeah. But I always snap up something during those 50% off sales. The last one I bought, the 4Ks of Menace to Society and Uncut Gems. And I'm looking forward to one that I'm sure if we did this again, if we did this in December, I would have the Infernal Affairs trilogy on there because that is like a day one purchase for me. Yep, that's one that I almost listed here as an honorable mention just because of the features and everything on it. It looks incredible. I can't wait to have that in hand. Yeah, or stinking old lace. I've I've seen a lot of wish lists for this upcoming sale, and uh, a lot of them have our stinking old lace on there. It's a great one. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to go one with one that you have mentioned as well. Uh, this is from Second Sight. Yes, it's the big fat Beautiful. drive box set. This one is uh, still sealed. I have not yet had the guts to crack it open. <laughs> it looks amazing. Second Sight put out this uh, 4K package. For those of you not watching right now, this thing's about, what do you think? Like, uh, I don't know, it's a, three inches thick? Yeah, it's about, uh, I think I measured one time, it was about three and a half movies thick uh, of normal releases. It's a couple, of, yeah, it's got to be a couple of pounds heavy. It's oh, yeah. a new 4K remaster that was supervised by Nicholas Winding Refn. It's got a 270-page book. It's also got a novelization of Drive. It's just an amazing package. And then when you look at like the, the special features that are involved, aside from the remaster itself, it's got an Atmos track, which I believe is new. I don't think that was on the Blu-ray. Agreed. It's got a new audio commentary with Nicholas Winding Refn and uh, Peter Bradshaw. It's got a 70-minute conversation with Nicholas Winding Refn, the editor, and, the, and then the composer, Cliff Martinez. Uh, a new interview with Matt Newman. It's just an amazing... Oh, it's a 240-page book, but it's an amazing package. It's got um, art cards as well. And Drive is just one of those movies that I really, really love. And when my wife and I loves it too, because she... I mean, she loves anything Ryan Gosling's in, but uh, <laughs> when she saw this was coming out, like normally I'll show her uh, pictures online, like, oh, a special edition of this is coming out. Special editions, that com that's coming out. And she's just like, how much is it? Uh, <laughs> and then I, I told her this was coming out. I sent it to her. They announced it on like Instagram and I sent it to her on Instagram and she's like, buy it, pre-order it. Um, this is an amazing, amazing package for an amazing movie. Uh, drive, yeah. I think this one's sold out now too. I don't know that you can get it anymore, but you'd still get the 4K version of Drive, and that's still worth it in my opinion. Great soundtrack too. God, great soundtrack. One of the best soundtracks, and that is one of the better times that a company has released one of these films because they'll announce this mammoth limited edition, and it's it's a little pricey. It's like $65, $70, something like that. But at the same time, they announced the standard edition 4K, so you can pick it up if you don't want to go all crazy. And that one's like $25, $30. Bucks. So it's, it's so easy to be able to at least still get all the content and not lose anything except for the crazy books. And if you don't get into any of the packaging, I completely understand that. Yeah, for sure. All right. My number three is one that may also be on your list, and that's because this is just a ridiculously great release uh, from Vinegar Syndrome of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 on 4K. Uh, this is the hard shell slipcase that the film comes in. 
newly commissioned artwork surrounds the entire film on this side. And then it came in this beautiful inner slipcover with this iconic Breakfast Club inspired artwork. And then this really nice art on the back of the chainsaw bursting through a door. And this is on 4K. And when you take it out of the case, uh, you can see the 4K case here. But the big thing, oh. this entire block of writing on the back, and if you're just listening to this, it is it takes up the entire backside of the film, basically. There are more special features on this release than I've seen in a Blu-ray disc from Vinegar Syndrome in quite some time. Uh, this thing is stacked to the gills. We have multiple commentaries. We've got uh, new documentaries. We've got... Uh, three discs of this we've got two blu-rays and a 4k this is an astonishing release and for a company like vinegar syndrome that started with uh porn flicks from herschel gordon lewis to be putting this out on 4k it has been a remarkable drive to the top for them and i'm so like tangentially proud of the the company that they've become throughout the years that's a great release i haven't seen it yet uh, I just got it in my la my latest box, and I haven't watched it yet, so that's why it's not on my list. But I did take it out of that out of the cardboard uh, sleeve, and I saw all those special features. It's like, geez, that that's <laughs> so much. Like they could have easily put it out with minimal special features, and people would have ate it up. Yep. But they went and packed it with special stuff, and uh, I'm I am looking forward to watching that again. It's a great release and one that I think that fans of the film that have either bought this previously or just have never gotten a good release of it will be okay buying this one because that unfortunately is the problem with some of these companies. They're putting out films that have been released prior. A lot of the rights for these films, it's easier to put out the same film over and over and over again. But when you got a company like this doing it right, it feels a lot less greedy when, when they're willing to put that much work into it. 100% agree. Um, I had my uh, my window up here, and it went away from my next one. Hang on one second. This is great <laughs> podcasting. See, this is what I would edit out in audio only, but now that I'm doing video too, I'm just kind of screwed. You're going to have to deal with it. Um, I'm going to go to another Vinegar Syndrome release, and this is one that recently I did a giveaway for on this very channel. This was an amazing release that I, I can't believe they, the package that they put together for Thriller, a.k.a. One Eye. <laughs> This nice. is a box set with four different discs. So not only do you get Thriller and they call her One Eye, both in 4K, you also get them in Blu-ray. Uh, for those interested, this is a uh, like a hardcore exploitation movie from 1973 that was later recut to take the, it was either recut to take the, uh, the gross stuff out, I'll say it that way, um, or it was recut to add that stuff in and make it sleazier. But an amazing package starring Christina Lindbergh as our main character here. They call her one eye. Um, it's got two different like slip covers, two different uh, sets of artwork. <laughs> and again, just if, if you look at these things, they're packed with special features. We're talking um, and I'll just roll through some of these real quick. You get a 43 minute documentary. You get a new audio commentary you get a historical audio commentary with alexandra heller nicholas you get a draft house q a with christina Lindbergh. all the trailers that you could ask for behind the scenes galleries um and it's got an interview with the director from 2017 these are movies that had been on dvd but never in a package like this 
This is the first time you'll you've ever seen a restoration of the uncensored camera negative, 16 millimeters. Um, it's it's just amazing. So the box set now is gone, but you can still buy the. I, I think they have. There's one cut on here that you won't see on 4K anywhere else, but you can still get the Blu-ray versions like by themselves from Vinegar Syndrome. I believe they call her one eye on 4K is not in the the new version that is out. Got it. Well, I've got it. So if you want to watch it, come over to my house. <laughs> uh, my number two is a bit of a cheater. And uh, we talked about this one prior. But this is a beautiful release uh, that is called Shoscope Volume 1. This technically came out in 2021. But there is a second volume about to drop in December called Shoscope Volume 2. And these releases are just stupendous. I mean, first of all, this long book in in this long package, lots of writing on the films, lots of pictures on the other side. Uh, then, and for those of you not watching on YouTube, we're talking a booklet that's like, what do you think, like twelve inches long, maybe? Eight oh, at inches? least maybe, maybe, maybe even a couple more. Yeah, and and it's like maybe eight inches tall. It fits in the box set, bigger than Ryan's head. Uh, <laughs> it, it's a huge book, and it is really fun to look through. And then the films itself uh, come in these little pocket sleeves. And there are, I believe, it's like 12 films in this set. Yeah, 12 uh, films, plus yeah, 12 uh, CD films. soundtracks. Yeah, and then the second release. Uh, the, the reason that I'm highlighting this primarily is because the second one is coming out in December, but they've already announced that they have more coming after this, which we did not know for sure. So if you're wanting to get in now to be able to get them all, this is the best possible time. Volume one has been on sale a couple times this year for as little as $80, which is remarkable for what you're getting. We're talking $6 per movie, basically, plus shipping, and then you're you're good to go on this entire giant package. It is pretty much everything that you could hope for in a martial arts release for something like this. But now you have more versions to look forward to coming as well. You got this 12 films coming in volume two. You've, I believe they've announced a volume three, four, and five. Oh, wow. uh, those will probably be coming over the next couple of years. It's not something that will be out in the next six months or anything, but it is going to be a, a huge collection on the shelf when you get these in hand. If you're not a, a Kung Fu movie fan, I still recommend these sets. Uh, we were talking before we went on air, and I would have had number two on my list for sure if it was out because it will be at my house by release day. <laughs> the first version is is definitely my favorite release of last year. It's not just the movies that they're putting on these discs. It is they're they're packed with special features. They have audio commentaries. They have interviews. They have all kinds of stuff on these. If you're a fan of like Kill Bill, you can watch this and find all kinds of reference points from Quentin Tarantino. Oh, yeah. Like Shaw Brothers was his jam back in the day, and Volume Two is going to be more of the same. I'm super excited for it. What was what was your favorite release on the first one? Oh gosh. Uh let's see there there's I, uh, a ton of movies on there well that and i've got a friend that already has the second volume he got it two and a half oh, months wow. early so we've been spending a lot of time talking about that um probably the five shaolin masters uh just one that i had not seen prior to this release and just fell in love with it immediately nice so there's a, a recommendation for you if you want it, my recommendation the chinatown kid is a, a really fun kung fu movie on there nice um, all right, number two for me, we're going to a studio release, 
which, you know, not known for, sometimes not known for great releases, but I think in terms of audio presentation and video presentation, this might be one of the best looking discs that I've seen this year. Mm. Um, I brought up my sealed version of this because I bought two of this, one to keep <laughs> sealed, one to watch. This is my uh, my 2022 release, Steelbook version of The Batman on nice. 4K. This is the, the Steelbook version of The Batman. Uh, it's an amazing looking Steelbook with Batman with a question mark kind of enshrouding his head there because, of course, he's going up against the Riddler in this one. But um, in terms of the look of this movie, the 4K here is pristine. Uh, I saw this in a really good theater when it came out. Uh, it was actually a theater in Mexico that I watched it in. And uh, it's an amazing theater, great sound. And at home, this disc pretty much replicates it. Uh, one of the, I'm, I'm sure you've you've run into this on discs. Sometimes when you have like 4K releases, uh, you can still see some crush in the blacks or you can still yeah. see the blacks aren't as dark as they should be. And then you can see blooming when there's light, when there's like really, really uh, bright lights. You don't see any of that in this release. Dolby Vision, HDR10, it looks amazing. It's also got an Atmos soundtrack, so if you have an Atmos setup, which I don't in this place I'm living in now, but if you have an Atmos setup, it's never going to sound as good as that Atmos that Atmos right. track. It's amazing. And then they didn't just you know s stick the movie on there. There's 10 making of featurettes, um, and they, they add up to maybe a little over an hour on the, the making of stuff. So it's not super intense, but it's still a lot more than you see from a typical studio release these days. I really wish they added a director's commentary on here. They did not, unfortunately, but um, yeah, really, really, really great. It says uh, over two hours of special features. So I guess I was a little off on saying it was over an hour, but um, yeah, I mean, just in terms of studio releases, this is about as good as it's going to get. Uh, I will throw out there for anybody that's looking to get the Batman on 4K this year, they released that really nice steelbook earlier with the first release. Best Buy just released an exclusive alternate artwork version. So not to uh, hopefully make you jealous, but I will show it here. The art is really great. And yeah, that looks that good. I'm actually considering getting the alternate version. I wish they would have released that one previously. <laughs> yeah, I don't know which one I like better. They're both really sharp. I, I agree. They, I yeah, really good coloring too. All right, grand finale. My number one is kind of an interesting take because this technically has a release date in 2021. However, caveat, etc. Uh, <laughs> this technically did not ship to anybody until 2022 because it was delayed from the manufacturer. So my number one pick for 2022 is Severn Films. All the haunts be ours love this set this release is maybe not only my favorite release of 2022 but maybe of all time this is that good of a set uh first of all i will say uh this is a folk horror box set and when i say folk horror i i say that kind of lightly it is played up to be folk horror but a lot of these are not even truly that scary it is just uh a really unique dive into traditional horror films throughout all of the world. And I don't say that with uh, a less weight either, because this is a true deep dive around the entire globe. Uh, we go through many, many countries of films. We go across 
uh, different continents of films. And this original limited release has a really beautiful long book with lots of information on all of the films. And when I say all the films, there in this thing are 12 Blu-rays, three CDs, 20 feature films, plus 15 plus hours of special features and more. And those special features sometimes are other full-length films. Yeah, There is so much in the set that uh, it is really difficult to actually contextualize what you are getting through all of this because they are so different and so unique as you travel around the globe through this. It is, this is one of those sets that I gush about because it is film school in a box. It is something that you can literally get an expensive education for. I don't even remember the price that what this was when it first came out, but it's been on sale for less than a hundred dollars. And yep. with that, you, you are paying next to nothing per, per these discs. It is crazy how much you get in this one set. I, I can literally gush about this thing all night, but I will, you clearly like it too. So go ahead and share your piece. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I bought it on sale. I think I got it at like a hundred bucks and that's like a, I think I got it for one twenty. It was just a freaking steal. Um, did yours come in the box with like hay in the bottom and stuff? I did not get hay, unfortunately, but I did get the limited box that they first put out with the bundle. I got a set of tarot cards. I got a, a dinner serving plate. I got a really <laughs> cool uh, keychain that's from one of the films. There is so much that came. Oh, one of the coolest things, uh, they sent a map with each of the filming locations pinpointed and sharing some context on those. And I'm I'm trying to get a good size frame to put that up because it's one of my favorite pieces. It's also got one of the best documentaries of the year oh, in Woodlands, Woodlands Dark and Days Bewitched, which is... How long is it? It's like three hours long, four hours long? Almost three hours, yeah. Almost three hours long, yeah. It's a huge documentary about these uh, these folk horror movies. And again, packed with features, audio commentaries, all kinds of really cool stuff on here. This is a set that the presentation, If again, if you're not watching on YouTube, he just showed off the set, is so beautiful. Just the way it's constructed, it's so it's heavy, it's awesome. Um, Severin, this is the best release that Seven, Severin's ever put out, and I agree with you. It's one of the best releases probably I've ever seen. Yeah, and, and that that documentary is something because to say that it's just about folk horror is really underselling it because you not only cover all of the films in this box set, but there is enough for you to fill up a notebook with notes of things that you want to watch after and seek out. They could literally just take the information from that documentary and put out three or four more sets of this size and still cover not enough ground. And it's just astonishing the amount of information they, they get out to you. And even on the special features on that first disc, which is the documentary, there are outtakes of other films that they couldn't yep. fit in the documentary itself. So there's so much stuff on there. Out of all the releases on there, uh, what would you say are some of your favorite films? Other than the documentary, which I've watched twice, which again, why? It, it's so weird to watch a documentary like that twice, but it's so well done. Yeah, uh, and that's a. Uh, by the way, I should throw out the name. That's directed by Kirla Janice, who is making a name for herself in not only documentaries but helping with a lot of these special features. She wrote a an amazing book. Uh, she was also a part of the bundle for the House of Psychotic Women that Severin just released, and uh, oh, cool. her book was a part of that bundle. Um, but I would say, uh, gosh, the film that I uh, V. Have you seen that one? I think it was from Russia or Hungary. 
I have not seen it yet. I actually, um, I had the single disc version of it mm. that Severn put out, and then uh, I also got it in the box set, but I haven't watched it yet. So it is a really unique film because it is from, like, I want to say 1956, somewhere back then, but it looks remarkably modern comparatively, not like 2022 necessarily, but something that you could say it was filmed in the mid-90s, and I would not even bat an eye at it. But it's filmed in a way that made it look like it was prepared for a stage play. And it's really, really well shot in a way that makes it appear to be more dynamic than it is. And then this climax comes out of nowhere after you're kind of just uh, staring in awe at the glory of the cinematography for the first 70 or so minutes. The climax comes and there's all kinds of practical effects that you're like, wait, 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 what? Hold on. <laughs> and, and then for about eight and a half minutes, you're blasted with this uh, set of creatures, this remarkable uh, cinematography that makes things look smaller than they actually are or larger than they are, depending on the shot that, uh, that we're talking about. It has this crazy crescendo that you do not expect to come at, a, at the end of a film like this. And it is this really amazing way to just button off this incredibly told story. It, it's one that I've watched multiple times because it is so well told. Love that movie. I'll have to check that out. Um, it's it's funny. I was going through my shelves and I saw this one. It's like right at the front of my shelves. And for some reason, I forgot that it came out earlier this year, maybe because it was announced last year. Yeah. Um, so I, I didn't pick it. But yeah, this this set absolutely deserves to be number one. Um, if you want my recommendations on this box, Eyes of Fire, I think, is the second disc in here. And it's a Correct. it's a great movie. That's where I started because it was the second disc. And it, it just kind of sets a great tone for the for that for that box set. Yeah, yeah they do great. Uh, not only is it really well documented throughout the entire globe, it is set up in a way that almost plays like a uh, film festival. It's got shared crescendos and decrescendos. It's got these similar tones as you go through disc by disc it's just a, a, an art piece through and through yep short movies longer movies all kinds of cool yep. stuff that's all the haunts be ours a compendium of folk horror from severin as ryan's number one here um mine is not as robust as that at number one <laughs> but it is my favorite release so far of the year at least until that shaw brothers set comes out which i'm sure will overtake it but um in the same martial arts vein, this is the Vinegar Syndrome release of Writing Wrongs. Which, nice. Gosh, I, I love this movie so much. Have you seen this one yet? I have watched about the first half of it. I've not been able to finish it. This is another one that's upstairs right now. Yeah, this one is another one that has a really cool book featuring Writing Wrongs on one side and then the American title of Above the Law on the other side. Um, again, it's just like packed with really cool stories and, and pictures from the production. And then you've got your uh, hardcover slipcase, just like the uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 that you saw from Ryan. Beautiful. And then inside, you've got the slipcover with, um, so again, some really like interesting, cool art on the outside there. And on the inside here, I'm going to show you again the back of the special features list. It's it's incredible. It's just like Texas Chainsaw Massacre in that there's so much here. And one of the reasons there's so much here is because you have three discs with three different cuts of this film. So yep. you have the original Hong Kong cut, and then you have the United States cut, which was above the law. And then you have the, 
I think the Chinese uh, edit cut. So there's three different cuts of this film. Plus, you get a 90-minute martial arts documentary in this thing from 1991. So much cool stuff here. In terms of the special features, there are um, there's two different Cynthia Rothrock commentary tracks. There's one that was archived. There's a brand new one. There's uh, a bunch of interviews. There's um, commentary tracks on both on two of the three cuts, which is really cool. So on the um, above the law cut, you have Mike Leader and uh, Arnie Venema talking about the movie, which and they're great. They're great uh, commentary. They are tracks. two of the best on the game. Yeah. So this one right here, it's if you like martial arts films, like modern martial arts films, and you like Cynthia Rothrock, this is balls to the wall action. There's a loose story here. It's a really goofy story, but it's really just to set up like what action scene is next. And I, I love it so much. The first time I saw Writing Wrongs, it, it wasn't available on disc here. So it was on YouTube in like a really crappy version for so many years. And I watched it once, never remembered what it was. And I remember um, this is back when I had a YouTube channel like 10 years ago, and I did a video on this movie. And it just it it was it was amazing. It blew my mind, but I could never find a physical copy of it. And Vinegar Syndrome comes out with this release that looks just fantastic. And it has all these cuts that I had never I never even knew they existed. So, um, yeah, you can't go wrong. Vinegar Syndrome is by far my favorite label. And we were talking about this before, but I could have easily put five different Vinegar Syndrome releases on here. The Forgotten Jolly uh, sets could have been on here. So much cool stuff. But yeah. Um, so did you have any honorable mentions that that you were considering uh, putting on here? There's a lot. Literally, that Forgotten Jolly set would be one of them. Arrow Video has put out multiple Jolly sets this year as well. And uh, especially the third one, the Black Box, came with all new films that they had not released uh, originally separately. Uh, there are, first off, I believe, yeah, all the ones I picked are all U.S. releases. I, yeah. I could have picked all import releases and I I'm one that goes out and seeks them out. For example, you just picked writing wrongs, the 88 films release of writing wrongs, which you do have to be region free to be able to watch, but it has a really unique feature in that you put it in and it's like playing lottery. As you watch the film, <laughs> it will automatically choose an ending to put on the film for you and you don't get to select it. And so every time you watch it, it could be a different version. That's awesome. I did not yeah. know about that. That's one of the unique parts of their release. Uh, let's see. Miami Connection came out from Vinegar Syndrome this year. Uh, um, yeah. Umbrella has put out a lot of really great stuff in Australia. Imprint Films, they put out the definitive release of The Wicker Man and The uh, uh, the Warriors. That also came out this year. So, Oh, gosh. I still got to pick that up. Because <laughs> that, that's not the director's cut, right? It's the original theatrical cut, the good cut. They have both cuts just in case. Okay, I could do without the director's cut, but I love that yeah, original all, cut. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So, like the Wicker Man, they've got, I believe, three different cuts of that film, and the the Warriors, they've got both cuts. They seem to do really well with these older films that there are multiple cuts for, and they they take uh, each of them, give them their own disc with special features, and then put all of those in their own case, and then put all of those cases in this big hard box, and they're just a beautiful package to look at through and through, and imprint. They, I believe they started in like May of 2020 and they've already released almost 200 movies. We are up to spy number almost 200 and they are so prolific that they are very hard to keep up with. 
That's awesome. Um, I got a couple of uh, a couple of honorable mentions. I wanted to shout out Lionsgate for their steelbook releases because Lionsgate put some effort into their steelbook releases. Specifically, they have plastic covers over the steelbook that add an element to the art. So uh, my favorites are um, the unbearable weight of massive talent, which as you take the slip cover off of the steelbook, the words go away and you just have this exquisite artwork of Nicolas Cage and all his different Nicolas Cage faces. Um, and the limey is one that just came out that looks really, really great. Beautiful steelbook. Yeah, they're giving steelbooks to these movies that probably wouldn't get much attention otherwise. And the limey is it's a, it's a great movie that I had no idea was coming out in a 4K steelbook. And that's one that made the jump from DVD to 4K. It was never on Blu-ray. So they are doing these for brand new releases. But beyond that, the coolest thing about these for me is the price. Most of them are yeah. at $19.99 when they come out, which is astonishing when most new movies are coming out for $35 on Steelbook. Yep. In 4K with the slip cover over the Steelbook. It's insane. And a digital copy too. Yeah. So shout out to Lionsgate for those releases. They're awesome. Um, like I said, Forgotten Jolly could have been on there. Uh, Infernal Affairs, that box set will be, I, I swear that's going to be one of my favorite <laughs> releases. If you haven't seen Infernal Affairs or haven't heard of Infernal Affairs and you've seen The Departed, that was a, a loose remake of the first in, Infernal Affairs movie. And it's just a really, really great Andy Lau series. Um, what else? Shaw Brothers, like I mentioned, would have been on there. And you know, I got to give a sh- another shout out to the Poltergeist and uh, Lost Boys Steelbooks, which Lost Boys looks great. Yeah, they, they both look fantastic. Best those movies have ever looked, in my opinion. Uh, one final shout out that I will give. We've talked about Vinegar Syndrome quite a bit tonight, but Vinegar Syndrome also has 21 different partner labels that release all kinds of different types of films, different genre of films, and they are discounted when you're a subscriber of Vinegar Syndrome. So I've gotten many of those releases, and uh, they don't all release new films every single month. Usually it's somewhere between, oh, 10 to 15 of them that release something new every month. And yep. they have they have maybe been more intriguing to me than any other group of labels or group of releases just because of the wide-ranging genre of film. You, you got everything from musicals and comedies and straight horror to uh you know shot on video weird films from 1994 uh everything some incredible documentaries it is just a really great set of films when you truly dive into it it can be a little intimidating it's 21 (laughs) different labels i get that and if you're not a subscriber it's going to look to be pretty pricey but when they're releasing things like gasper noe films it's really hard to not give them more attention because they truly feel like they deserve it. Yeah, there's there's a big benefit of being a subscriber there. And to me, it's almost the biggest benefit because I'm not heartbroken if I miss out on a slipcover that I you know, otherwise would have gotten. It's not a deal breaker for me. Right. But getting half off on those subscribers or on, on the partner selections is great. I just did on the Patreon feed, I did a review of The Mob, which was their first mm. uh, Canadian International Pictures release that they put out. And uh, I will have an upcoming review of Hearts Beat Loud, which like, you know, you're going to this Vinegar Syndrome site, which is known for old pornographic movies, uh, a lot of sleaze, <laughs> a lot of horror. And then you see Hearts Beat Loud, this really heartfelt Nick Offerman movie about his daughter being a musician. And it's like, 
there's just so much variety there. I agree with you. Sometimes it can be overwhelming, but if you need a good spot to learn about those releases and which ones you should pick up, you got disconnected right here. Go to the YouTube channel. Go check out, uh, you said every every Thursday he's got a live look at everything that's coming out. But I mean, you can dig back through the archives and find information on almost anything that's being released on disc. So this has to be your new resource, Disc Connected. You can find it on YouTube. You can find it wherever you're listening to this or hopefully watching this. Um, and again, we've got the, the awards show coming up. Why don't you give one last plug for the awards show and where people will be able to find all that info. The award show will be called the Shelf Shock Rewind 2022 Physical Media Awards, and they are going to be live on YouTube on my channel, and also the the Shelf Shock uh, Rewind will have its own channel. It's already up. You can subscribe now if you find it. Uh, we are going to be throwing that name out there, trying to market the hell out of it. Please share when you can. Um, but yeah, we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, everywhere under the name Shelf Shock Rewind. You should be able to find us. But uh, when that time comes, December 15th, get ready with your list because the voting is going to be open for a full 30 days. And after that, you're definitely going to want to be, you know, looking at the award show, knowing that you made your your votes heard for this thing. I got to start watching some of these special features so I can uh, have <laughs> educated opinions. Yeah, there, it's it's kind of hard to dive into when, you, when you're really trying to vote for everything and, and vote with your heart. If you're just listening to this in podcast form, again, uh, head over to YouTube and check out the video so you can see these blu-rays they really are something amazing executive producers on this episode include Peter beta from the middle class film class podcast musa mahmoud and rupert bumblestein remember to review force five wherever you get your podcast please tell your friends about the show those two free simple things really help me out helps my audience grow and of course if you want more force five support me with your hard-earned money over at patreon.com backslash force five i just did a top five list on five interesting alan smithy movies which i think went really well you can find force five on social media at force five pod on twitter while it still exists at force five podcast on instagram and you can always talk film with me over on the cinematics facebook page Theme song today comes courtesy of Nate Spears and the top five list bumper was produced by me with music from Audio Binger. Until next time, stay safe, stay sane, have a great Thanksgiving, and buy some Blu-rays.